Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather Ely. And today we're back with another sports edition. And uh, back again, as as always when it comes to sports, is uh, who I like to call a walking sports encyclopedia, my brother-in-law, Tim Bouts. Welcome back, Tim. Uh, thank you, thank you. How's everybody doing? Man, so, you know, there is a lot going on in the sports world right now yes there is um i mean right now we're we're halfway through the world series in which my whole my hometown houston astros are hanging on and and i gotta admit you know i love my teams but when it comes to sports i always try to be a realist i'm not that fan that is just like yeah we're gonna win it all you know i'm always realistic and uh from the jump, I was like, L.A. is a, a tough team. Yeah, L.A. is really good. Deep at the with the lineup and with the pitching staff. They got a great bullpen. Tough I, matchup, tough matchup for yeah, sure. The fact that we took a game. Well, so when we took a game in L.A. Yeah, that was huge. That made, I, I mean, my confidence and my, I was hyped because that was the key to me. I was like, are we going to be able to win a game there? And the win went off the top was great. Um, The one thing that I will say, the criticism – that I've seen with the Astros is that our bullpen and I know, and I've said this online, I've gotten flack, but our bullpen is terrible for, for, for a team that is our caliber where we're at in the world series right now, we have a terrible bullpen. Yeah. They have the weakness of the team for sure. Even in the last series against the Yankees, uh, it was, I mean, I honestly, the way that we struggle with the Yankees and not to take anything away from the Yankees, because I think that the Yankees, uh, are the best. (laughs) <laughs> of course you would say that no but i mean they they completely um you know nobody expected them to to a lot of people didn't even i cover the yankees and a lot of people didn't even expect them to make the playoffs no, yeah. let alone i wasn't even sure you know i wasn't definitely i wouldn't have put any money on them even making the playoffs at all before the season started so they had a they had a really good year i'm proud of the way they played this year for sure yeah and i mean Future's the is bright no, yeah, the Yankees are going to be a, uh, a good squad. Uh, there, this yeah. was a building year, and the way they look, and I, and I mean, Aaron Judge is just a freak of nature. Yes, um, yes, he is. But so that is means, your boy, though, little Altuve, oh, the yeah. opposite. Oh my God! You know, I was there. I was in the dugout uh, for Game Three of the uh, or Game Three of the uh, ALCS. I, I was I was in the Astros dugout. And this is my first time uh, being that close to any of the Astros. Like, I, I cover the, the Yankees uh, quite frequently or in all the New York sports teams. But so I was, I'm in the dugout, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, just early before the game, guys are coming in and out of the field. And I saw Altuve from behind. Now, he didn't have his jersey on yet. He had his, his pants and his shirt. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, this must be a bat boy or something. Yeah. He turns around, I'm like, that's Altuve. I could not believe how short he is. Yeah. Yeah, like tiny, you know, man. I know he's short on TV, but like he's by far the shortest professional athlete I think I've ever seen. Le- next to like uh, you know the jockeys that ride the horses. Yeah, yeah, he's small. He's, he's small. And and he's the beast a punch though. Exactly. 
He's a beast. To be such a phenomenal player. So it was funny seeing him stand next to Aaron Judge, who was like a freaking yeah. NFL when lineman. You, when, you catch some, <laughs> when you catch Judge making it to second base, and then he's sitting there talking to Altuve real quick about whatever. It's hilarious sitting there looking at the difference in the two of them, man. Yeah, Judge looks like and he's bigger than than half the New York Jets. Let's put it yeah, that way. No doubt. He's a monster. <laughs> um, But anyway, back to the point. original point was that the way the Astros struggled against them, I was like, man, yeah. uh, the Dodgers are going to – like, they're probably going to sweep us. Well, like, and I, I didn't want to say so. that out loud, but in my mind, being realistic, I'm like, these guys – I'm like – I didn't think so. But – um, Cause, But you're – like you're saying, the, the bullpen is a big problem, and the way y'all beat the Yanks really was this dude Verlander dominated big time, and then the game – you know, game seven, they didn't even use the bullpen. They used two starting pitchers to get through nine innings. Yeah. So, they uh they lost a lot of the games where the bullpen had to pitch, you know, a decent amount of innings. So that's an issue definitely going forward. Yeah. I think uh um the just we we just don't have our bullpen, you know, I think we got lucky a couple of, I think the Dodgers errors helped us win more than and and not to take anything away. I mean, the Astros is my team. I love them and our bat we got some sluggers on the team. Yeah. Um and, um, you know, Keuchel hasn't been – the last two years hasn't been the Keuchel of, you know, three years ago. Um, he did okay uh, against the Yankees in the in game – Game one he pitched. One. He dominated yeah. basically I, game one. But game two – or the, well, the second game he pitched, the Yankees got at him for sure. Yeah, and, he, and even this series he, yeah. he was – he struggled. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll see tonight. Yeah, he's going to need to step it up, man. They need him if they're gonna pull out this World Series. They're gonna need Keiko to pitch well for sure. This is the way I see it. If we can win tonight, then we could we we still have a shot. We lose tonight, I think we're done. Speaking as an Astros fan, um, the Dodgers are just so stacked as a team. Like they just they got they got pitchers, they got batters. They, like we have a couple amazing pitchers and we have a couple good pitchers. We have other. Pitchers, to me, in my opinion, if you're not consistent, then you can't be like any professional pitcher can have a great game. Um, the problem with the Houston bullpen is these guys are not consistent enough for me to say. Like, you know, people are like, oh, uh, you know, Musgrove or Giles. I mean, Giles, is, uh, to me. He's the best one y'all got. He's the best say. one we got. And he's been he's had more bad games and good games in the last, you know, few weeks. So I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. I I, I feel like we you're the, worried. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried, man. They, they, people need to step it up. Keiko can't. Keiko needs to be the best Keiko that he's ever been tonight. Yeah, he needs to come out there like, yo, this is it. Because I don't know, man. With the, with, with if Keiko can't find himself now. I'm like, is he ever going to find himself at this point? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're in the World Series, bro. Yeah. Um, it's great, though, to see that the Astros have won, you know, the first two games in franchise history in the World Series. We've been, but we got swept by the White Sox. So, so you know, it's good. Um, I'm excited for game five tonight, and we'll see how they do. Um that being said, the first part of controversy to come out of Houston, embarrassed as a as a Houston fan, uh, we had Yuli Gael make a slanted eye gesture 
at you Darvish, which is racist. Absolutely. And I'm just like, you know, what? How stupid are you? For yeah. for lack of a better way to put it, like, look, man, well, you're on my team and you do your thing sometimes, but that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, you, nobody should ever do racist stuff. I think that everybody's guilty of some kind of of level of racist stuff to some degree. I don't care who you are and how you say you're not. I bet you if I put a magnifying glass, I find something you do that is somewhat racist to some degree. But nobody should do make fun of anybody because of their race. But especially in this day and age, in this climate, with everything going on, you're right. in the World Series. You're going to do that? Like, yeah. what did you think was going to happen? Yep. He's lucky he didn't get suspended out of the World Series. Right. They should have suspended him out of the World Series, really. I mean, that's like, it's just kind of giving him a pass. As I know they suspended him for the first five games of the next season, but, you know, if you really want to make a statement, they should have suspended him for the rest of the World Series. You know, he deserved it. That was totally uncalled for. And like you were saying, in today's day and age of what's going on in the world, and especially in the world of sports, to do something like that is just so uh, – just well obviously besides it just being racist which is definitely is it just shows a lack of uh maturity on his part too like to make some little like slanted eye gesture at some you know somebody of uh you know asian i'm not sure what you darvish is exactly I japanese. Said, is he japanese mm-hmm. or he, i think he's half korean think, or two no, maybe no, no, no. He's, he's he's uh he's japanese he he's half i think at least half japanese i might be mistaken uh, but he was born in Japan or grew up in Japan. Okay. And he speaks Japanese. Okay. All right. Um, I should know better. But uh, I, 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 well, so here's what, here's so what I, I know about him. Uh, I hated him because he was on the Texas Rangers and he would just own the Astros. <laughs> like, you know, he was basically with the Astros like the way Keiko was with the Yankees up until that last game against them. Right. Um, uh, he, he would just own the Astros in Minute Maid. He would come there and just dominate. Um, so... Yeah, it was, uh, it you know, it, and then um, uh, the manager for um, the L.A. Dodgers, um, drawing a blank, used to play on the Red Sox, now manages. Oh, the Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts. Sorry, I'm like drawing a blank. He's half Japanese. Is he? Yeah, his mother's Japanese. Um, so, you know. It's just wrong. Obviously. It's wrong. It's wrong, and it's stupid. And, and you know, you, it stupid. makes the Astros look bad. It makes you know Astros fans got to talk about his this dude acting a fool now. It's just an embarrassment to the organization. Really, it's it's a shame that that happened because it's just pathetic. Really, yeah. Like, we're in 2017, man. Yeah. And while we're talking about Texas team's dumbness. Then good old Bob McNair, who it's a double-edged sword because I've never been a fan of his. He's the owner of the, the owner, Houston Bob Texans. McNair, the owner of the Houston Texans. I've never been a fan of his anyway, all the way back from when he was a dummy that was th- – that you know, they passed it off on Kubiak. But I remember him uh, back when we were uh, – when we could have gotten Peyton Manning for the Houston Texans and uh, Bob McNair was like, oh, we have faith in our boy to get the job done, talking about Matt Schaub. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know I just love Matt Schaub. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's sarcasm. Big, big Matt Schaub fan over the here. Over, most overrated starting quarterback ever, in my opinion. Um, makes a dumbass comment in a NFL owners meeting that quote we can't allow the inmates to run the prison. 
comparing them kneeling. That's what he's basically, you know, comparing them kneeling and making a fuss about it as that, you know, to like what Matt just said, the quote, like, this is, you know, ridiculous. And he didn't think it was going to get out. He said it in the NFL's owner meeting amongst all the other, you know, owners thinking that, you know, it wasn't going to squeak out there. And now that it is and the players on the Texans are pissed and they're going to do some kind of protest more than they have been today. And uh, I heard they were they were going to try to rip the decals off the side of their helmets. Yeah, there was some wild shit. So the whole team was planning on kneeling. Right. And then they had they had another meeting. And now not instead of the whole team doing it. They still expected that the majority of the team is going to. Yeah. But they're not going to rip the decals off. Yeah. Which, right. you know, it's one of those things that once again, for me, this is going back to when I, when we were episodes back when I was talking about Kathy Griffin and Bill Maher. And even though and, th- and I've said about Trump, it doesn't surprise me. It does like it doesn't surprise me that someone like him would say something like that. Right. But for you to say something like that. In an owner's meeting on a subject, that, like, how dumb are you? Yeah. Once again, like, ignorant. Like, and you're a billionaire. Yeah, ignorant. I, yeah. I, it's like, how do people <laughs> get to be that powerful right. and just not use some kind of intelligence? And, of course, he's apologizing now. Because he got caught. Exactly. He got called out. He got caught. And, not, and nobody wants to hear that apology. DeAndre Hopkins was almost like, yo, I'm not. I'm like, you, you, you all left. of our star players, with the exception of J.J. Watt, are black yeah or a person of color so like what the whole league is almost basically black you know it's like i'm i don't know what the numbers are now i know it's over 70 percent though yeah it's uh i don't know man i i, I honestly this is the this it would you know my thoughts on the whole thing at the end of the day if a player individually wants to protest and neil we talked about this that's their right, and it, it, the same way everybody else is wants to jump on and be like, "Let's leave the politics out of football." Well, that goes two ways. Right. If an individual uh, chooses to protest, that's their choice. How about you don't worry about it? How about you ask why they're doing it, and everybody stops trying to tell everybody else what they're trying, what they need to do in that regard, except for what specifically has to do with the game. Right. Yeah. They. They. Uh. There was um this quote from uh, Doug Baldwin who's like out he plays for Seattle who's actually playing Houston today, and he's a smart dude from Stanford. He's very uh, articulate with himself and uh he's a big advocate for you know all this social injustice that's going on blah blah blah. And his quote about it with McNair was basically saying that he was just didn't really think that he meant it to be racist in a way. He's just thought that they like his choice of words was poor and that he was just kind of ignorant to the fact of how the players were going to take it, which I kind of thought, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know, uh, the Texans owner personally, obviously, but I think maybe he might be right on that. You know, he, I don't, cause it sounds just like it was something that he said that it was just kind of stupid. That really don't make sense anyways, but I don't know if I was necessarily Racist, or he wanted it to come off as a racist comment, which I don't, I don't know, I don't think he did, but yeah, I, so but we'll you got to be careful with your words. I mean, shoot, you're the owner, you're Bob McNair, like you gotta quit being be so tone deaf. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. tone deaf. True. Yeah, it's like sensitive. It shows that at this point, with everything that's been going on and why they're kneeling, you haven't taken the time to understand why they're doing it. And if you have taken the under- time to understand why they're doing it, and then you choose to use th- that choice of words in there, you're either 
you're an idiot. Yeah. Or you, you, or you are a proud racist bastard who doesn't care. Right. I'm gonna go with the earlier because he did because he's not standing by it. You know. Yeah. He could have been like, I don't care. I stand by it. I'm gonna say what I say, which he didn't do. He apologized, which shows that he's like, oh shit, I messed up. Right. Um. But he could have apologized, you know, just because the shit's hitting the fan, not because he means it, obviously. Which that's why a lot of the players don't give a damn about his apology. Yeah. Um. But. I do miss like I'm like you know. At the end of the day, I've said it before, I support these players and why they're using their plan f- platform and what they're, they're doing it for. Um, and because of that is why is one of the main reasons I'm not boycotting the NFL. Um, and especially because there was other people on the other side are like, oh, I'm boycotting the NFL now because they've allowed, you know, it's, it's, it's the, hip, the hypocrisy or whatever. I'm not boycotting the NFL. There's too many brothers that make good livings off it. There's too many people that make good livings off it that are not just white people. And in my opinion... If you're going to boycott something, uh, there's other places that are probably better places to start than the NFL, in my opinion. No, I mean, I agree. I know people that are like on both sides that are some people. This buddy of mine who's in the military, he's boycotting it because because they're kneeling. And then you got other people, you know, the people on the other side are boycotting because, you know, they're not make, Basically, because Kaepernick, they think Kaepernick's not playing. You know, he's getting blackballed. So you got both people on both sides are boycotting it for different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I, people are just boycotting the NFL. Like, they should just go all sit down together and somewhere and boycott together and talk about it. <laughs> I'll be watching the game from my couch. You know, it's funny. I said a while back, I was like, I bet you, I'm like, what if there's some mastermind that strategically thought to themselves, ooh, here's an opportunity to plan a nice divisiveness that could be the crumble of the NFL for us to start our new league. Well, I tell you what, I know uh, I know the NBA is like probably, you know, not crying over it because it's just helping their because you know, NFL is king in this country. Yeah. It's among the four major sports, like by far NFL is king. And uh this is this whole protest issue is definitely taking a hit on their on their overall revenue. That's why the owners finally had to like Start acting like they gave a shit a couple of weeks ago, you know. Some of them do, I'm sure, but you know, it's affecting. Once it starts affecting the bottom line, is when they actually really get up, take notice, and try to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, oh, not necessarily because they give a damn. And and that being said, I mean, and you and I haven't really got, had a chance to have a full conversation about this, uh, which is funny. And I, you know, I've made videos and I've st- said my opinion on, on a lot of things before, but, um. I want to talk to you about the Kaepernick situation. So, as I said, I don't know if you've heard me say, my opinion is that um, one of the main reasons that I didn't jump on the whole um, movement of boy, stand with Cap, quote-unquote, boycott until he has a job, is because, in my opinion, um, I... And, and and this goes to something I saw a friend of mine in Houston post today. Kenneth Sherrard um, posted that people boycotting because of the inmate comment, but the inmates are still showing up to prison. Right. I'm not boycotting if the players aren't. I kind of feel that way with Cap because I, to me, Cap was not vocal enough. I didn't see enough from him that implied that he actually really wanted to play. Right. Like I, I, I'm like he's everybody else would stand with him in this and that, but I didn't hear enough, enough from him saying, "I want to play." 
and, 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 and demanding, right. you, you know what I mean? I didn't hear enough from him to see that. I saw him chilling at Summer Jam. I see him hanging with his girl. I see him doing this. I see him doing many other things, right. but not saying I want to play. And once again, I like I said, I'm glad he did take the knee, and I'm glad all, all the other people were bringing awareness to this issue. But I had also said, and, and not to beat a dead horse, there's dozens and dozens and dozens, and now hundreds of other players doing the same thing and they still have they jobs. They have jobs, right. Uh, third point, you know, do I think that, is there some owners that are probably like, oh, I don't want that controversy? Yeah, but do I think every single owner in the NFL is like, no, I'm not going to sign this guy because of that? I mean... Well, the the thing is, um, well, let me say one thing. I know that he does want to play. I don't know if it was you that I was talking with it about or what, but how he like gets up at like four in the morning, takes a train because he's living in the city right now or he's staying there most of the time or something he like takes a train to somewhere in like jersey and practice at some field where no media's around some nfl insider guy like went, went along with him for like a his day his daily routine a couple weeks ago so he said from him that he heard you know straight from kaepernick yeah he still really wants to play he's staying in shape blah blah, blah. so i guess he does want to play one and another thing is that like you know if if kaepernick was aaron Rodgers. He would be on any any team in the NFL besides the Patriots, probably. He anybody if he was that good, he'd be playing somewhere. So he's not like it's it, it could be a little bit of like you know blackballing, I guess you want to say or whatever. But it's also the fact that he's just not good enough for teams to like you know be pining for him. Like you know yeah. he's not he's no his numbers aren't great. I mean, granted, I do think he's probably better than a couple starters like that are in the NFL right now, like a couple teams could use them as their starting quarterback over the people they got. But those are teams that are really not even really interested in winning under uh, when it comes to all reality, they're like rebuilding. So he's just not worth the trouble for a lot of teams also. Uh, you know, that's, that's just the, that's just the facts, man. A lot, any job really, you know, if you cause him more trouble than you're worth, even if the trouble shouldn't be something to quote it, you know, labeled as trouble god forbid you're standing up for social injustice and people getting mistreated in this country that's 2017 but that's how it's considered by big business and that's what the nfl is and that's another thing a lot of people don't really understand or they don't think about really like these owners aren't they're not like teams that are people who grew up like loving the buffalo bills like i do like mm -hmm. they don't they weren't bleeding for their teams at on Sunday mornings, like waiting for them to play all week long. They're businessmen who've gotten a ton of money and they get a chance to, you know, own an NFL franchise. And so they do it because it's a money that it makes money. No doubt about it. You own a team, you're making millions and millions of dollars every year. So these dudes don't really care about necessarily winning that much. It's about making money to a lot of them. It's not really about winning. Yeah. I, and that was my argument with my, with the Texas teams and the and uh, the problem with the, the terrible sports decisions they had a history of making, because I you know I'd made this argument before. There was a time when I was telling the Houston fans, I'm like boycott the games until they get a better quarterback for all those years, right? Because they would pass up on good people and good opportunities, uh, i.e. Peyton Manning, um, and because they know. That no matter what, the fans are going to come. Yeah. The Texas games are always sold out, yeah. like no matter what. Um, 
and, and and a lot of those owners knew that. So yeah, it is I, I, that that's a uh, I think that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sad to say, but you know it's it's a fact. They're worried about making money, not not much about other things. I would say, in my opinion, anyways, most so, of them. So my question is this: Now that we're at this point where you got people boycotting because Cap doesn't have a job and in the injustice, and then you have people boycotting because there's people kneeling. Right. So what 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 can be done? Is there any what's the solution here? I I don't know. That's a that's a million dollar question. The solution for me is I'm just gonna watch football and enjoy it. That's what I'm gonna do. I tell you that. Yeah. I'm not stopping to watch football. I, I'm with I'm with you on that. You know it's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough issue. You know there's no real good answer. Yeah. So there's a lot. This dude Kaepernick has said though if he comes back he said he said he's not he's not even gonna kneel anymore is what he said. You know, so so it's like, I know there's people that are still kneeling now, which is all a, a product of him initially starting this movement. But even Kaepernick said if he comes back, he's not going to kneel, which is probably part of because he wants a job. But so that's kind of interesting tidbit, too. Like he says he's not even going to kneel if he gets back in the league, which is kind of strange, I guess. But like I said, he's trying to get back somewhere, I, I believe. So yeah, he's got to do what he's got to do, too. And he's already got the whole damn movement started. I mean, the shit has taken on a life of its own. So he's mission accomplished for him, I would say. I would like to see the actual numbers and see how impacted it really is because the numbers my, are down for sure. They are? Yeah, the numbers are down. Um, I don't I don't know any of them off the top of my head, but I know they're down. But it's also you have to take into account like how many people now go to uh you know, because more and more people are like getting the Sunday ticket or they're getting it on their phone, you know, something that they could just hook up to a TV. So people are like, I feel like part of it is skewed a little because people are pooling together a lot more than they were in years past to watch games all on one TV somewhere as opposed to, you know, staying home and watching at their house. So you got that many more TVs on at the same time watching it. Everybody's kind of squads up and watches it together somewhere a lot. Yeah, because I was going to say, I have a very diverse friends list and I don't know anybody who's a diehard NFL fan who's boycotting right now. Neither do I. I the people that I know that are boycotting are people who are never really diehard NFL fans. They kind of like yeah, I, watch here. Like, I'd have to agree with that too. Except for like you know, my aunt and then um my aunt T and her husband and then um I think my sister's mother-in-law said she was going to i don't know if they actually did but <laughs> I, i'm just saying i don't They're know watching any, on their phones on the underneath <laughs> the table yeah yeah um <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah i really don't know many diehard sports fans no matter on either side that are are not watching and i think a lot of the people that say they are end up watching somewhere anyway um but yeah i i mean like i said man there's too many people who make money off the nfl um a lot of people are like, what is rooting for a team? How does that, what does it do for you? It, it does a lot for the city. It does a lot for its fans, other places. I'll give you an example. I go watch the Houston sports games at, I live in, in New York City. So I have to go, there is a restaurant there that caters the Houston teams called Avenida Cantina and, and uh, the Mockingbird Bar and Grill. Um, their business is slamming right. as a result of, Right now, it's the World Series, but any any Houston Sunday, team that's right, doing well. Yeah. And it's not just the fans, because when the fans in the city come, they bring their friends that come to watch. You know what I'm saying? Right. And 
people that are able to make t-shirts or people that are able to make these things and and let's be honest most of the people that are doing these things are not white it's not all white people it's people of color as well so i just you know i feel like you know i don't tell anybody i try not to get in a habit of telling anybody how how to protest or whatever do what you got to do for you but at the end of the day yeah uh, absolutely don't expect me to do it because I love sports. <laughs> I I agree. I mean, I I that's how I feel too. I mean, everybody that knows me knows I love my sports, man. Food, family, friends, <laughs> booze, <laughs> <laughs> booze and sports, which kind of all usually go hand in hand to me most of the time. Anyways, one of I'm the sorry, main, I'm what, one of the main reasons alcoholic. I love sports and I always tell people is to me sports is kind of a metaphor of life. I'm a big I'm a big math guy. So I use the Pythagorean theory, the GM at A squared plus P squared equals C squared. And that, because that's kind of like a formula, in other words, meaning that you, if you, you could apply that formula to anything to explain something. And to me, sports, if you watch how a sports team operates and is successful, it's the same science, geometrically speaking, that applies to anything else in life about as far as teamwork and how a team is working, different people playing different roles and how to work together to achieve a common goal. Yeah. So that's why I've always been fascinated with sports. I mean, as a kid, I was not a huge baseball fan until my early 20s when I started to understand the amount of strategy that was really involved in baseball. And that's when I became a baseball fan. Right. Um. Yeah. Back to baseball. Let's talk about the Yankees for a minute. Joe, so long, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So Girardi left, and I, I do cover the Yankees frequently. I don't cover them daily. Like I'm not a, an official Yankees recorder, but I, 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 you know, as someone who works in media and covers sports in New York, I cover New York sports teams frequently. Um, I have yet to get solid confirmation on who ultimately was it the Yankees' decision? Was it his decision? It's was the it a mutual decision? The Yankees let him go. Which, in my opinion. Yankees Granted, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I do call. I well, let me. So I have, and this is no secret. Anybody that's paid attention to me, the, I have always liked the Yankees. Were always my second favorite team in in the MLB since I was a kid. Since I liked baseball, because they were the first major league team I ever saw as a kid. My grandfather was a Yankees fan. My dad was a Yankees fan. I always rooted for the Yankees. Um, because they rarely ever played the Astros unless they would have had to face each other in a World Series, which the chances of that were slim to none. You know, were so small back because the Astros were, right. you know. Um, now that the Astros were moved to the ALCS, um, they, they're more, you know, there's more of a rivalry there. Um, I'm always going to take my home team, but the Yankees were my, my, my second favorite team. Had the Yankees won... And the ALCS, I would have rooted for them in the World Series. Right. So that's how that's but, what I'm rooting for the Astros but, too. So I'm not gonna say that, but I'm not gonna say I'm saying this as a Yankees fan. I'm gonna say this as a spectator. I think it was it would be it was a dumb move. I, I don't think Girardi was a bad manager. I think you know the last time you went you won a World Series, he was your manager, correct? Correct. Um, the team is is in a stage of rebuilding, and look, they just had this. They were not expected to make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And they went to the ALCFs to game seven. Right. Well, the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm kind of indifferent to it either way, really. But some of the th reasons why they let him go were the same reasons why we did well this year. You know, it was like the, the youth movement came in and played well. So 
they're kind of thinking along the lines. What I heard anyways is they kind of want to get a manager who's gets along with the players a little more and is a little more like friendly because Joe's kind of uh, Girardi's kind of like uh, edgy and not necessarily, you know, warm, fuzzy kind of manager. Like more, they want to go back to somebody more like Joe Torre. And uh, they got the, now they got the young players and the team is going to be building from here. So it's a good time to do it really. And also as they are, uh, you know, sports in general, are all moving towards analytics more and more, but the Yankees are big on analytics. So they basically have half of their decisions, more than half of their decisions made out of this notebook saying what's the right call to make here and there. So if you ever like saw Girardi, he's looking down at this notebook a ton during the season, you know, and it's this analytics notebook saying, well, CeCe's he's pitching a no hitter right now, but his ERA and the seventh inning on, or his ERA when it starts getting through the third time he's facing the lineup, the third time through, like jumps from like three to like eight or something, just say, for example. So he's throwing a no-hitter in the seventh inning, but guess what? He's about to pull him out of there because the numbers say he's about to start getting lit up. So they're kind of going to be managing out of a off of numbers, really. So they want somebody who, because anybody can just do that. You know, you just got to look down. The decisions are kind of made for you. They don't want somebody to manage from their gut is what I've heard. They want somebody to go by the numbers. And so they're going to try and get somebody who's can, you know, relate to the players a little better. And, uh, you know, like I said, the number, the decisions are really kind of there, just made for them already by the numbers. So they want somebody who gets along with the players better. Young team, you know. That's that's what they're going what, what's for. What's Jorge apparently. Posada up to these days? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Doing car commercials. Aside from doing car commercials in New York. I don't know oh. what Jorge's up to. Oh, man. That's my boy, though. Maybe. Um, maybe. I, was, I think they're gonna. I think they're probably gonna end up hiring somebody that's like either been with the organization before, though. Like not Jorge necessarily, because I don't know. If, I don't think he has any interest in being a manager, but. There's a guy who's been with the team for a while in the dugout, Rob Thompson. I think he's probably the favorite to get the job. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully they don't do something stupid, though, because, like I said, I'm a little indifferent right now, but if they pick somebody, they could pick somebody who would piss me off, and then then I would be mad that they let Girardi go. So we'll see. They just better not do something stupid. That's all I got to say. We'll see what happens with the Yankees. Yeah, it's a great job. Great job. I'll, this team I'll, is I'll supposed be, to be I'll, the worst I'll, I'll, team I'll for be, the I get to see them in the press room at some point. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, NBA. This is, this is, what's going on in the NBA? We we're basketball season just started. Yep. Uh, the Knicks man, suck already. Uh, man, the Rockets play them next week. Um, and I might be there. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'll be working for Fox Five that day. Um, I'm kind of hoping to be there. Yeah, just that'd so be I can cool. Watch the game. Um. Yeah, the New York teams are are uh, both the Nets and the Knicks are. The Nets kind of started out not that they're expected to do anything. They started out all right, but then the Knicks were you know hadn't won a game, and then they beat the Nets the other night. So mm. then neither of them are any good. That's the bottom line, yeah. really. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. This is Porzingis' chance to uh, really arrive on the scene, take over, and uh, make it his team, and then they could build around him going forward. That's that's their plan anyways. I know that's what they want. but It's what they should do. I mean, that yeah. kid, like, he's, he's 
phenomenal player. Yeah, I love Porzingis. Like, he's put on. If you look at him, I don't know if you've seen it, watch any of the games so far. He looks like he uh, put on some bulk in the off season too. He's still a tall, skinny dude, mm. but he's not like as thin as he was last year for sure. Yeah, New I can York see City some, life. Man. I can see some extra bulk <laughs> on him. So. He had some papaya dogs and some uh, some grace. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, for me as a Rockets fan, I uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the whole the CP3 trade. I thought we gave up too much. Not that I think he would have been a bad addition to the team, just not for what we gave up for him. Um, and now he's been injured <laughs> since game one. Um, yeah, that didn't last so long, huh? Here's the thing. Be I, back. Here's what I hate to see. I like the trade, but the jinx is that and that happens is I already saw it. I was like, just shut up. There was a headline in ESPN where they were like, the Rockets now showing their new defensive stand and uh, and here's my problem with that statement i'm like shut up because we still every game we've played there's still still been over 100 points scored right and to me you're not a very defensive team if there's over 100 points scored right like, like i agree like you're not there's you're nothing to write home about and the rockets already you know d'antoni's not a defensive coach no um so you know, I, I I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see, I um, I'm uh, I don't want to jinx it either way. I'm kind of just yeah. It's early. Yeah, it's early. That's why there's like, you know, there's not necessarily a a whole lot to talk about really. I, as far as I'm concerned with the NBA as of right now, because it's just still so early. You know, you could talk about OKC's got Paul George and Westbrook and Carmelo now. How they're how they're kind of gelling together, which has you know been 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 decent so far. Mm-hmm. They're I don't know if they won last night. They were two and two, just you know. So they fifty. I think they lost 50, to the Rockets. I think we we beat Golden State, OKC. We lost to Memphis twice. I think all we the only people we've lost to is Memphis, and we beat everybody else that we played so far. But I mean, it's still early, so we'll see. Yeah, it's early. Um, you know, Golden State's gonna be Golden State. Yeah. Kyrie and the you know and the LeBron played each other night one, but then that story got. You know, they're dabbing it up before the game, dapping it up and, you know, acting all buddy-buddy when they really probably can't stand each other. They'd probably rather fight out there. And then Hayward snaps his ankle. So that kind of, you know, hurt, put a put a damper on the Celtics challenge in the Cavs for the Eastern Conference talk, which is interesting. So I don't know if I – I don't know if with Hayward, I don't know. I still think Cleveland probably got the – I don't know. I think Cleveland probably got the better end of that trade, in my opinion. Even though I'd have loved to have Kyrie on the Knicks, but they got back a lot of good pieces, man. And little Isaiah Thomas is a little beast in his own right, and so he's hurt right now. So when he comes back, it'll really, in my opinion, look that much more lopsided for Cleveland. But we'll see. So that kind of you know dampered the really good rivalry that was supposed to be happening this year between the Celtics and the. Cavs, if they could finally overtake the Cavs to be the best team in the East. And did you see LeBron's dunk yesterday? No. I, to me, I was like, once again, I've already, anybody knows me. I love LeBron. He's still my favorite player in the NBA. The dude still got, he he made a dunk like he was like it was like seven eight years ago. <laughs> like he was a young Cadigan. Like it was He's a freak, man. You know, I'm like, man. And LeBron never gets hurt either. Has. That's the thing. Like everybody else, all these other like, if you name. You know who's a who's the second best player in the NBA? Maybe just say like, okay, you want to say Durant, Durant you want to say yeah. Curry, 
you want to say Westbrook, you know, this or that. All these other dudes get hurt, have gotten hurt. LeBron's never hurt. Yeah. So he's really got – he's and he's played way more than everybody else too because he goes to the finals every fucking year. Yeah. So he's always playing more games than everyone else. So mm-hmm. he's just a freak of nature for sure. Yeah. Not only physically, but his, his ability to just maintain and keep going is impressive, man. Yeah. He's going to be like Jordan or a lot of people like – Myself included. Cool. Well, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, so he's ripping the heart out of me when I was a kid all these years and prevented my boy Patrick and the rest of the fellows from ever getting a chip. Yeah. But now that he's retired and been gone so long, I appreciate him much more than I did when I was watching him. I was too busy hating his guts. Yeah. And, you know, when they're gone, when LeBron's gone, it's just going to be like, damn, that dude was amazing. It's kind of mm. – you'll miss it when he's gone, I, th- I think. Yeah. You don't appreciate it now. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end here. Uh, anything else? What else? What else do we miss? Anything else major happening in the sports world right now? We got that the fight in the garden coming up this weekend. GSP's return. I'm looking forward to that. He's fighting Bisping in the garden next uh, next Saturday night. Should be interesting. Hasn't fought since 2003. Bisping's been kind of on a roll. So, and there's two other two other good fights on the card. Mm. Joanna, the woman's champion, is fighting, defending her title. She's she's nice. If you've never seen her fight, I recommend catching this pay-per-view coming up. I'm definitely going to order this pay-per-view. UFC floods the market too much now with too many pay-per-views, so I don't get them all like I used to get. We used to get every single one, you know, blah, blah, blah. They just put out too many now, so some of the cards aren't that great. But this is one uh, I would recommend everybody get and maybe see how GSP fares in his return. Yeah. Joanna's fighting to defend her chip, and then this kid Cody Gardebrand is fighting. He's the kid who beat Dominic Cruz, who has basically been unbeaten for years before that. And uh, he's an exciting young fighter, so he's fighting TJ Dillashaw. So that should be like another really, really good fight. So I'm actually looking forward to that, and it's at the Garden, which is always dope. So, uh, yeah. so there's that to look forward to. If anybody's looking for something to do next Saturday, MMA night. in New York State, yeah. finally. Yep. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for being on again, yeah, Tim. Hey, look, we'll, thank we'll, you, man. We're going to do fun. more of these sports editions, hopefully more, and we'll have more interesting stuff to talk to. As always, uh, if anybody has any thoughts, comments, questions, anything you want to hear, send us an email, radio at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Telling It Like It Is official radio show. Telling It Like It Is is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, Zara Vignola. Special thanks to Maddie Ely for handling our social media. We're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not conservatives. We're not liberals. We are realists, and we're always telling it like it is.
Sound of Dirty Beans.